Good morning everyone, it's Neil and Andrea and we're going to be sharing the reading with you this morning which is from John's Gospel chapter 18 which I'll read in a minute. We face many challenges throughout life and there are certainly times when we are tempted to wonder is God really in control? Is God really good? In our journey through Lent and the life of Jesus we are rapidly approaching the culmination of the Easter story. Today we have arrived at the point where Jesus comes under the control of the powers that be. Or does he? In this passage detailing the arrest of Jesus, there are some clear indications about who is really in control and some insights into the character of Jesus himself. So I'm going to read John chapter 18 verses 1 to 14. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers, with its commander and the Jewish officials, arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. The arrest takes place in the Garden of Gethsemane, an olive grove on the other side of the Kidron Valley. Prior to this, Jesus had eaten the Last Supper with the disciples, instructing them, praying for them and himself, and notably telling Judas to be on his way before they walked the relatively short distance to the Mount of Olives. A while later, Judas arrives back on the scene with a collection of temple officials and a detachment of Roman soldiers. They were normally garrisoned in Caesarea on the coast, but during the time of festivals such as the Passover, would have been given the job of crowd control. Arresting Jesus in broad daylight would have been far too risky. At this point, the people were still in Jesus' favour. So Judas and the Jewish authorities take the opportunity albeit at the last minute before the Sabbath and festival restrictions kicked in, to make their move under cover of darkness. That said, 
they still arrive in sufficient numbers and bearing weapons to deal with any trouble. What do we notice then about Jesus during his apprehension? What points can we draw from it? Firstly, Jesus is fully in control. See how in verse 4 it says, Jesus knowing all that was going to happen to him. The arrival of the soldiers and temple guards came as no surprise. The time had come for Jesus to allow himself to be taken prisoner. Prior to this, you may remember the times in the gospel story where Jesus simply slipped through their fingers. During a previous visit to Jerusalem, back in John chapter 7 verse 30, Jesus is speaking in the temple courts and declares, You do not know the Father, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. The crowds are enraged, but John records, At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Again, in chapter 10, John says, They tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. There was nothing they could do until Jesus allowed it. Notice then how Jesus is the first to meet this mini SWAT team. He is on the front foot, so to speak. Verse 4 again, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus is calling the shots here. They respond that it's Jesus of Nazareth thereafter, and then something very strange happens. When Jesus responds with, with the words, I am he, they draw back and fall to the ground. What a remarkable incident. For a brief moment, the sheer power of Jesus, as he says, I am, is revealed and the mob are knocked off their feet. Who is really in control? Secondly, we see that Jesus cares for his disciples. Rather than issuing a rallying cry to his band of brothers to fight their way out of the situation, which no doubt would have resulted in a very violent confrontation, Jesus calmly requests that they be allowed to go free. See in verse 8, Jesus says, If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This is completely in tune with the compassionate heart we have come to know of Jesus up to this point. He had calmed the storm. He had fed the 5,000. He had healed the sick, raised the dead, comforted Mary and Martha, and finally washed the feet of his disciples. Now he ensures them safe passage. This seemingly minor detail reveals a clear-headed act of love. What an amazing, selfless saviour we have. Thirdly and finally, in submitting to the Jewish leaders, Jesus shows that he is actually submitting to the will of the Father. This is drawn out by the occasion of a slight skirmish. In verse 10, Peter, being Peter, immediately jumps to Jesus' defence and in the ensuing scuffle ends up striking the ear of the high priest's servant. It is this action that provokes a swift rebuke from Jesus. Peter, put your sword away, followed by the sublime reason that underpins this entire passage, if not the whole of salvation. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? In other words, Peter, are you saying that I shouldn't go through with this? Unfortunately, Peter still didn't understand that Jesus is the servant king. The full force of God's righteous wrath against sin was going to fall on Jesus. The symbol of God's wrath in verse 11 is the cup, 
a terrible goblet of judgment first visualised by the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus was going to willingly consume this cup given by the Father. And remember, this is not something forced on Jesus. Back in chapter 10, Jesus had used the imagery of being a shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. Had Peter forgotten Jesus' words? No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. What words of comfort these surely are. Christ the King is willing to lay down his life in our place. In the midst of the deep physical and spiritual darkness of this episode, the light of Jesus, indeed the light of the world, shines, still shines brightly, undimmed by the fear and bewilderment of the disciples, not put out by the hatred of the leaders. In our present day a world of problems, bereavements and illness, the love and light of Jesus still shines undimmed. He is in control. He cares for us. And by his loving act of submission to the Father's plan of salvation, he has secured for us an indestructible hope. May we rest in this hope today. We're going to finish now with a couple of verses from a hymn written by Francis H. Rawley. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, how he left the realms of glory for the cross on Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with his saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. I was lost, but Jesus found me, found the sheep that went astray, raised me up and gently led me back into the narrow way. Days of darkness still may meet me, sorrow's paths I oft may tread, but his presence still is with me, by his guiding hand I'm led. May you know God's um, blessing and leading today. Goodbye. Bye.